our community, your radio station. Well, of course, during these times of lockdown and even outside of these times of lockdown, there's always a great deal of pressure on on all of us. Uh, and some of us uh, succumb uh, to drinking to excess or maybe doing uh, other addictive things. Well, one organization that really needs very little introduction is Alcoholics Anonymous. They have been doing sterling work, and I'm joined by Henry this morning. Henry, can I just ask you, how did uh, AA, as it's, it's known, how did that work start? Good morning, Blair. Um, AA has its roots in, uh, in the United States, back in the 1930s, post-Great um, Depression and post-Prohibition, just at the end of Prohibition time, AA sprang from um, an organization called the Oxford Group, which was a Christian organization. Um, and they were running meetings which alcoholics, people with alcohol problems, seemed to find helpful. So it had its roots within the Oxford Group, and then AA started up its own separate groups, both mainly in New York and in Ohio. Um, but it had its roots in, 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 uh, in a Christian group to begin with, but it is a non-religious organization now, as you know, in, in, in current times. But it, it grew from one or two, two or three, to 20, to 40, to 100 people, and grew over the years to um, be a worldwide organization with many millions of members throughout the world. There are AA meetings now in most countries in the world. Now, of course, uh, when it comes to drinking to excess, it, it knows no social barriers, does it? Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody, nobody in a sense, really. You can be at the higher levels of society or you can be, you can be at the lower levels and all things in between. Uh, it's, it's something that potentially can affect everyone. So therefore, uh, AA's work needs to be, uh, be, be open to pretty much everyone. That's right. It's a democratic illness. It um, it doesn't have any politics. It doesn't have any, um, you know, it doesn't really discriminate. So it's people from all social classes, all socio-economic groups. Um, we in AA tend to think of alcoholism as an illness because members of Alcoholics Anonymous, people who pitch up in our meetings, tend to be people who have lost any semblance of control over their alcohol use, that they've found that willpower is not in itself enough to help them to stop drinking. Um, and it, is, it looks very much like a compulsive illness, the uh, once having had a drink, desperately needing to drink more. So many of our members are people who've gone through the attempts at control over alcohol and have failed to control it. Um, and um, so, you know, they, they recognize that they have a, a compulsive desire, need to drink once they start. And so those are the people that we seek to help and to work with. Now, obviously, the, the, the whole service, because uh, AA is an organization where the people in it serve each other and obviously hold to confidentiality. So let's, let's assume... Uh, that I have a an alcohol problem, I guess m- the first thing really is is me admitting that I might have a difficulty. Uh, th- <coughs> that can be quite a challenge in itself, can't it, for many people? 
Absolutely. And um, the first, we have 12 steps within Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'm not going to go through, through them all because we certainly won't have time for that. But the first step is admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. So we encourage um, newcomers into AA to face up to the truth of their situation in regard to drink and to surrender, in a sense, to, to say, okay, I'm beaten by this, um, that if I pick up a drink, I need to drink more, and my life spins out of control. So, um, yes, and people, people may go on for years trying to control drinking before reaching the point of saying, okay, I, I'm beaten by this. And it's at the point where a person says, okay, I'm beaten by this, then, uh, then we, we, we're, able, we're able to help a person and we'll encourage people to come to that point if they are perhaps, you know, some people come to AA with the idea in mind of learning to control their drinking. But we are an abstinence-based program of recovery. Um, but, I mean, it's fine for people to come in with that aim. Um, what we tend to say is, is one of our, our 12 traditions, which we also have, states that the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. So if people come in and are a little bit ambivalent about, about that for a while, well, that's okay. Um, but generally speaking, people will either pretty quickly express the desire to stop or they'll, um, they'll drift away and perhaps come back at some stage. So, so number one is I need to admit and come to that point in my life where, I, where yeah. I realize that I have no power over this. Very, very, very similar to all addictive habits, isn't it? That, you, you know, the, the alcohol is just one addiction among, um, uh, among many. <coughs> now, assume I've reached that point where, where I, I, I realize I, I, I might have control that I need help. How do I end up coming your way? Okay, the the first po- po- <coughs> excuse me, I've got a frog frog in my throat. The first port of call would be the local um, AA helpline number, which I will give out now. That's zero one two zero two two nine six zero zero zero, and that is um, staffed round the clock, seven days a week, um, by AA volunteers, effectively. People um, volunteer and, and help on that helpline. Now, that's the first port of call because that's a resource of information currently about online meetings. Um, but there's a, there's a very big AA network, I mean, in, in, throughout this country, actually, and in this locality. So that will be, would be the first port of call for a, for an alcoholic. There are other resources which I can men- I may mention in the course of our conversation here, but very important the alcoholic the Alcoholics Anonymous helpline. Would it be all right for me to give that number again? Oh, oh yes, absolutely. Go ahead. Very important. Zero one two zero two two nine six. So I phoned that number, and then uh, who do I get on the other end of the telephone? You'll get a person, a recovering alcoholic, somebody who is also a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and who has been sober. Usually the helpline requires people to be sober at least a year and to have a pretty thorough knowledge of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. But you would get to speak to a person who has some experience, both of out-of-control drinking and then subsequently of sobriety. And they will talk to, to you, find out a little bit about your drinking and what you want to do about it. 
and would then or will then point you in one of several directions. Normally, without uh, COVID-19 circumstances, you would be encouraged to go to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting where you would meet 20, 30 other alcoholics who are also uh, wanting to stop drinking and who have stopped drinking. Um, within that system, you would also be assi assigned or you would be hooked up with a buddy in AA, we call it a sponsor, who guides you and helps you through your early days of sobriety and helps you understand the recovery program of AA. Our community, your radio station. So, Henry, I've realized I need some help. I phoned your helpline. I eventually get myself along to one of the, the many groups which are operating locally. What would I experience for my very first time at one of those groups? Well, just to, to take a step back to the helpline, you would be likely to be hooked up with somebody who would meet you at the meeting or would perhaps come and take you to the meeting or in some circumstances two AA members will come out and visit you at your home um, in the first instance after that first helpline call. We call that a 12th step call. Um, so you get along to the meeting and you, you will be welcomed by an AA member. We usually, or almost always at our meetings, we have a greeter, a male greeter and a female greeter on the door. And they will um, greet you at the meeting, shepherd you in, show you where you can get a cup of tea. And usually they'll make you a cup of tea and sit you down and talk to you and listen to you and introduce you to other members. We try and make it as comfortable an experience for new people coming in as possible. Um, that's not to say that people aren't nervous. They often are extremely nervous in their first meeting. Well, suppose, and sometimes they're, yeah, yeah. They're, sometimes they're still under the influence of drink or still uh, withdrawing from alcohol at that stage. So they're very tender at that point, and, you know, we try and look after people. And I guess the whole thing then is a process because it's recognizing the fact that I'm probably going to be very nervous, very apprehensive. And, and as you say, yeah. I may not. Well, I, w I wouldn't have been... a on top of my drinking problem because obviously I would have just come to the point of saying I need help but I wouldn't at that point Absolutely. have begun to address it. Yeah, it's very vulnerable, often. Yeah, I, now obviously at the moment uh, I can't do that um, because no. um, the groups are, are not able to meet. But AA hasn't stopped functioning, has it? No. Um, very quickly at the point of lockdown, um, we realized that our groups were going to have to shut down. And actually, I mean, just as a point of interest, there are about 44 or 45 AA groups in the ordinary course of events meeting throughout Bournemouth, Poole and Christchurch. So there are throughout the week, usually evenings, but some lunchtime meetings as well. So they all, we realized, well, they're going to have to shut down. So we're going to have to go online. So we, we've embraced um, online meeting technology, Zoom, WebEx, uh, Skype, and a variety of different um, groups sprung up very quickly in response to the COVID-19. And um, so we've been meeting online regularly over the last, whatever it is, eight, nine, ten weeks, I suppose. 
Um, and they, and they, there's a, a, a pretty large number of meetings. I'm not exactly sure of the number of online meetings, but it reflects pretty well the, 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 the overall presence of AA in the uh, Bournemouth, Paul and Christchurch area. How often would you be encouraging me then to, to come along to a group? Assuming I got through my first one and I come back again, um, how often, I mean, obviously the groups are meeting regularly, how often should I be coming as a new member? It's a, it's, a, it's a good question, and um, obviously people have their lives and they have their time commitments and everything else, but we'd encourage people to come as often as they possibly could. Um, I think it would be fair to say that people coming into AA may expect to be able to come to one meeting to be cured, and that just isn't going to happen. Um, you know, it's, it's a process, and it's a repeated uh, attendance at meetings, repeated peer support of other AA members is what works for people over time. So we would encourage a person to come as often as possible. And in some cases, um, if a person is able to, we, we wouldn't expect them to come every day, but we might suggest that they try to get to one every day, that they maintain frequent contact. And obviously with online meetings, this has become somewhat easier. You know, many people have found themselves at home, not able to work, furloughed from work. So in, 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 that, in point of fact, it, it, at that point, it becomes somewhat easier to attend meetings pretty regularly. After a while, it, it certainly seems that people who use AA seem to want to come fairly often anyway. You know, when they start to grab a hold of it and really feel they're getting some of, something out of it, they enjoy being around their fellow AA members. So... Um, Mm. And I suppose you know, that, that coming to those groups on a regular basis, I'd be getting to know people and developing friendships. And I know that, of course, right the way through the process, you said right at the beginning, there'd probably be at least one, maybe two people that would that would hold my hand and encourage me uh, to come oh, to yeah. the group. But obviously that, that'd, be, that'd be friendly. Having somebody close to me all the way through is, is, is something that, that you do on a regular basis, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we encourage people to have a sponsor, which is a person who is a buddy and guides them through the 12 steps and goes through the... the, the it's, it's quite a structured program of recovery. And the 12 steps, um, we believe that they are very helpful for a person in getting sober and in maintaining sobriety. Um, but So people are accompanied the whole way through this journey and are supported by other members. Um, I think one of the most encouraging aspects of AA is for a person who just comes in right at the beginning, for them to see people who are maybe in some cases months or even years and sometimes many, many years sober is a very encouraging experience. They start to realize that other people can do it and if others can do it, perhaps there's a chance that they can do it because uh, alcoholism can really beat you up emotionally and physically it can really beat you about them about the head and um, you can think that there's really no hope for you but when you see that people are actually managing to stay sober over long periods of time in some cases it's a great uplift mm. and an encouraging thing uh, as well because i guess that in my journey i'm going to be walking similar steps people are individual of course i and i understand that but but I, mm. i'm not walking that road alone if you know what i mean Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, Henry. Before you go, obviously, you, I, I need to just ask you, because obviously AA is an, is a, an international organization. <laughs> it <laughs> is, indeed. So, uh, so tell us a little bit about the, about the national setup and the support that there is available there. 
Okay. We have a national website, and I'm going to give you the website address for this. It's www.alcoholics-anonymous.org.uk. Now, that website has a chat facility, a messaging facility, where you can chat with an AA member online, um, so that's a, a resource. And there's a huge amount of information on that website, both about the online meetings, um, about all of the resources of AA, access to AA literature and information about AA. Um, so, And there is also an email address there, which is help at aamail.org. So you can send an email to the uh, General Service Office of AA and get help if you have a drinking problem or you're worried about your drinking or the drinking of someone else. Um, so the national national website is there available, and I've given you the local helpline number as well. Well, give us, you have. Give us it again just to reinforce it. Yes. The local helpline number is 01202 296 um, that's 01202 Um and that's a great sort of first port of call for an alcoholic because you'll get to speak to somebody um, in the locality and somebody who will be able to steer you in the direction of the online meetings. It's a vital resource at the moment because the helpline has access to updated information about the online meetings. Uh, Henry, I should also ask you: How is all your work funded? Is it is it denominate? You know, do, do people contribute? I mean, how do you keep the wheels turning? We um, we have a collection in our AA meetings. There's no compulsion. You're not forced to put money in. Um, we don't get any funding from outside sources. We don't accept money from corporations, from outside organisations. AA is very very strict about this. That we are totally self-supporting and self-financing. It's in actually in one of our um, tw 12 traditions. And I will actually quote this to you. Um, it's Tradition 7, and it says, Every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. So that's true of the local groups and true of AA nationally. Uh, AA won't accept money from outsiders, and it's always it's 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 felt for very very many years that if it did accept money from corporate sponsors and so forth, that that would start to change the emphasis and change the message of Alcoholics Anonymous. So we we're self-financing completely, and but there are very few paid workers within AA. There are paid workers at the general service office level, administrative workers, but they're. Uh, AA members are not paid for carrying out their services. It's a truly um, what they call altruistic movement, AA, the principle of giving of oneself and not expecting in return. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.